The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome everybody to the KyberCast. This is episode number 39, recorded February 25th, 2020. My name is Joe Becker. Welcome to the podcast. And with me is my great co-host, Michael Diaz. Michael, how are you? I am excellent. How are you doing tonight, Joe? I'm good. I'm not excellent as you are, but I'm good. Good. It's been a crazy day, busy day, which is good. Busy's good. But what is even better is we got a pretty packed show today. We had a lot of news come out today for Star Wars, and we're going to talk about all of that. But before we get started into the Star Wars talk, Michael shared with me a new preview for what is it michael transformers the war or transformers war for cybertron trilogy the first of which is called siege so this is a netflix show yes an original netflix anime and from what i saw from the preview the animation looks really nice looks good yes i think it looks cgi doesn't it yeah, they really it actually reminds me a lot of Clone Wars which did debut and we'll talk about that. It's it's got like you know textures but also you can feel a little bit of that, you know, computer animated. You know, it's like it's like computer animation from a while ago but it's clean. I don't know, it's hot. it's hard to explain. You have to see the preview. It's on YouTube. I looks like it's just another retelling. I don't see anything new. It's about the AllSpark it looks like again and power and all that good stuff. So I don't think they're going to oh, yeah, break any new ground. No, it's just more of the same. I mean, but it looks mm-hmm. neat. I'll, I'll check it out. Um, oh, for sure. So, it, yeah, the trailer debuted at New York Toy Fair this past weekend. So if any of you went there, I'm jealous. Obviously, we did not go to New York this past weekend to look at toys. As much no, as but if anybody would like to sponsor us to go to any <laughs> show, we'd do it. Right. We're not above shilling. No. At all. But no, I didn't want to say much about it other than Netflix seems to be doing pretty well with these anime series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Is, I haven't watched that yet, but I heard very good things. I've heard nothing but good things. I mean, one of my favorite comic book writers is one of the producers and I think writers on the show, Warren Ellis. So it, it has a pedigree. I just haven't checked it out yet. But, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't want to go too far down this path, but I remember thinking, oh man, November's going to come and Disney is going to blow Netflix out of the water with Disney Plus and Netflix is screwed. Well, Netflix is doing all right. I mean, The Witcher actually posted numbers that were as good as, if not better than my, The Mandalorian. So, Yeah, but you got to remember that they had Europe in tow. And now, finally, Disney Plus is opening in Europe this week. So, I... It's going to take time for Disney to take that over. I mean, it's just starting up, so the content's not there. It will get there. We haven't even gotten to the meat of the Marvel stuff yet, so there's a lot going to happen there. But, but at the same time, this Transformer thing looks interesting. If if any 
streaming service is going to do well. They got to keep getting the content and Netflix is spending money on getting content. So they're doing what they need to do to survive and, and thrive. So they'll just be smart and keep doing it. Agreed. So all that to say, it looks cool. I'll check it out. I think Joe, you're going to check it out. Not a lot to say about it. You know, go ahead and we'll link to it uh, from uh, Twitter and from our Facebook page, the, the trailer. So by the time you listen to this, it should be up there. So just take a look if you want to check it out. Looks neat. And that's all I really had to say about it. Yeah, cool. So for the fun and the big, big, you know, I wasn't even expected to, to talk Star Wars today. I saw that come through. The news came through. Literally, I was at about 530 this morning. I saw the video on Instagram. Like, what is this? And um, this whole thing is called the High Republic. It's a, it's kind of a broad storytelling base that they're going to publish through multi-publishers, from comics to uh, various publishers, from young adult novels to kid novels to two different comic areas. One is from IDO, I believe. The other is from Marvel. Uh, and then full-on adult um, IDW. Sorry, not not Marvel. Yep, There's IDW. Marvel and IDW. Yeah. Well, I, they're both going to wrong. Marvel does the Marvel does the the bread and butter, you know, teen level up to adult right. Marvel comics. And I believe IDW they've contracted out, and they do like the Star Wars adventures type of stuff. Stuff aimed more right. to younger readers. Right. Right, exactly. It's interesting that Marvel does that. I don't know why they do it that way. You think maybe they just, have they enough have staff this, to do it? They probably house? just have, well, maybe, maybe the staff doesn't want to worry about it and they've got a team that, that can do it. Why, you know, it's right. not that and bad of a I'm deal. Not, nothing against it, but yeah, just like you said, I mean, a whole range of publishers, even one that caught my eye was Viz. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? The, Viz Media? No, I didn't see. What is, what is Viz Media? Um, I mean, now I'm dating myself here a bit, and so I'm not an expert on the comic book publishing scene. I know the big boys, but back when I used to read comics, like you know, all the time, twenty plus years ago, Viz Media was big into bringing over manga from Japan and translating it and putting it out. That's how yeah. I first discovered Fist of the North Star through a Viz comic. So, Viz Media, I'm wondering if that means they're going to be doing some manga-type Star Wars. They could very well be. Like yeah. I said, Viz might be doing more domestic-type stuff here in the U.S., the traditional comics we're used to. I, I can't speak to that because I'm just not an expert on Viz, but the fact that I saw their name makes me wonder if they're going to do some anime-type yeah. comics and stuff. What's really kind of caught my mind to this is that they have given themselves license obviously this takes place like uh, roughly 200 years before the prequel trilogy before the skywalker saga and they what from the video now if anybody goes to starwars.com they can see this and see the video we can post a link as well on the uh, page here when you get to it but it starts off uh like i said 200 years before the prequel trilogy and they have open reign to, to tell these great stories. And it seems to me that they're going to use this as a place of not starting over. It's not a start over thing, but it's a place that they can begin without expectation, so to speak. 
There's no characters that we have to worry um, that are brought over from what the Lucas era, I guess you would call it, the Republic era, New Republic era. Well, I guess I'm not quite sure yet on how they're naming all of them. But it looks pretty cool. They've got various types of characters from Jedi. Now, they did not mention any Sith, which is interesting. No, but I think they have to stay away from Sith because, you know, so like you said, this is 200 years before the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Now, we know the Sith are out there. We're not dumb. We know they're there. I mean, but according to Star Wars, well, I I have to admit, I'm going to lean on you for this. Is the Knights of the Mm -hmm. Old Republic, is that canon right now or is that still very iffy as to what is canon and what's not from that? I think that's iffy. They don't, although they sell it still, I believe it may be under the Legends idea. Right, because they're slowly folding some things in. Like I thought, mm-hmm. is it Darth, is it, is it, it looks like it's spelled Raven, but isn't it Darth Raven or something like that? Raven. Yeah. It's R-E-V-A-N. Okay, sorry. But yeah, yeah. but I believe they've recently folded him into continuity. So he is actual part of it. Correct. Now. Right. But that's, again, that's more, is that Knights of the Old Republic era? era? Is that, I'm going to lean on you because I think you know this better than me. It, it, Revan is, is definitely Knights of the Old Republic. You, if, if I remember right, yeah, you end up, well, I don't want to give the things away if you play the game. So Okay, so, but the point is. Riven, sorry, it's R-I-V, not R-E-V. Sorry, Darth Riven, my bad. I'm, I'm butchering this terribly, and I'm sorry. Like I said, a lot of that older stuff, you know, if it's not the movies, I don't know it as well. Maybe I should. I just don't. Now, mm-hmm. my, my thing is, so Knights of the Outer Old Republic, that was, what, well over a thousand years before the prequel? I believe I so, yes. Am that correctly? Okay, so. If it's legend, right? Right. If it's part of continuity, then yes. Right. The, the, so the whole point is, that was a long time ago, and apparently that's wrong, you know, whether or not it's continuity. That's wrong the last time that we know Sith were out in force and out in the, in the open. So right. that kind of forced the hand of all these writers. They needed to have bad guys that were not Sith, which I'm okay with that. Well, that. that's the thing. That's what I'm kind of, you know... So it, it has to be before or post, I think, the Jedi-Sith War, which that's kind of like where Darth Bane came in and created the the Rule of Two. So basically Darth Bane lived, um, I guess it's called the Dark Age of the Old Republic. And that was like a thousand years before the Clone Wars. So a thousand years, roughly a thousand years before the... Um, the beginning of the the, the Skywalker sequel uh, saga, sorry. Right, and Can't now would that today? have been at the end of the Knights of the Old Republic era? era? Correct. Or, okay, okay. So you're talking the Old Republic. Basically, there's a Jedi-Sith war that wiped out basically all the Sith. Darth Bane was a sole survivor, and if you read his books, he comes up with this kind of philosophy of rule of two, master and apprentice, and through evolution, you'll get better, stronger, faster, because the the apprentice is always there to overtake the master. Therefore, that person's actually stronger. And just like evolution, 
you get stronger, right? So if this new series takes place 200 years before, so this is, a, this is as they said, an era of peace. They don't, they think that Sith are gone. Yes. And, and, and that's point, why, right. And that's why they can't have years. It. Correct. Okay. But they're not, there's, there's one out there or two out there because you have from Bane all the way to Plagueis, all the way to Palpatine. Right. And that's fine. But they were in the shadows for hundreds of years for centuries. So correct. it was only two of them in the whole galaxy. Yes. Correct. Right. So being that this is a galaxy with trillions upon trillions of people, only two Sith kind of easy to hide then. And then, so I get why this would be considered the golden age of the Republic because right. Sith haven't been seen for centuries. I mean, races other than Yoda and his ilk who live 900 some odd years right. would be one of the few races that actually would remember encountering Sith. Right. Whereas most humanoid races do not live that long. I mean, I know, uh, I know, uh, Wookiees live a long time too, but still not even that long. Not as long as a Yoda types, you know, and I, I'm assuming there are other races similar to Yoda that live a long time. But the point is for most Jedi that are, most of them are humanoid. They're not going to remember the Sith at all to them. They're legends. Correct. Okay. Just like I'm Luke interested. Skywalker was a legend to some humanoids, right? Even right. in that short time. Right. So it's going to be interesting. I'd like, you know, they're, they're kind of building this either old West or they mentioned themselves in the video that, you know, some of the, I would say antagonists or villains are going to be Viking like where they, it's basically pirate Viking take things. So there's going to be those kind of, incidents there's going to be bounty hunters smugglers they have a chance to create something pretty fun now can they capture the hearts and minds of star wars fans can they can they get that core like people like me and you will probably read one or two i'll definitely get the comics i've already pre-ordered believe it or not i pre-ordered the the adult book which is called the light of (laughs) the jedi i'm not surprised at all I'm sorry, uh, I interrupted. What, what's the book called? It's called Light of the Jedi. And it's I, I pre-ordered the, the Kindle book. It'll just be the, delivered that day in my Kindle. August 25th, I think it comes out. Um, just because it was on sale. What the heck? Uh, I'll read it anyways. I guess it'll just pop up and I'm like, oh, cool. I'll How much? It's like 14 bucks. That's that's too high for me. Yeah, well, I prefer to let to pay my artists that do all the hard work. I do pay them. When it reaches four ninety nine or less, <laughs> so looking forward to that. There's a lot of great authors in here. Claudia Gray is one of the better ones. Um, I don't know all of these, but um, you know, I don't know. What are, you, are you looking forward to this? Or is this just to you a meh thing, or what do you think? Is in, to me, it's intriguing because we could have all new stuff. It could be horrible to you. Is probably I'm going to guess it's a meh, but. I won't know until it's, it's out. I'm not going to say it's great or anything. We won't know until right. things happen. So my interest is somewhere between peaked and meh in that. So I love Star Wars. So watching the video and, you know, listeners, if you get a chance, we'll have that link to go ahead and check it out if you haven't already. It looks pretty sweet in that they brought in, you know, pre and visualization artists to kind of like they would for a movie. And I think they know that in the video that... They right. took a very movie type approach to this, 
as they sketched everything out and came up with these ideas. So seeing that, I was thought I thought that was badass. I thought that was really cool. And I guess what interests me most is um the possibility that it'll spawn another show or another film. I think it's absolutely what they wanted to do. I think it's a testing ground as they kind of said that in a way I think definitely it's going to be something where they can look at and if if something catches fire or if there's a particular story that is you know looks intriguing that they can bring to the film maybe they're already working on that side of it when that was maybe that was the Benioff and Weiss thing because they did say something about an older period of time well Um, let me throw something at you you ready yeah throw so again their brother or sister franchise Marvel Cinematic Universe Mm -hmm. we already know has been produced by Kevin Feige and that the entire time the MCU has been borrowing heavily and taking story points and notes and beats from the entirety of the Marvel comic universe where they've had 60 some odd years of, or not 60, 50, whatever. They've had a long time, right? Of stories Mm -hmm. for which to pull from. And I think at this point, both the Marvel studios and Disney sees the comic side, which unfortunately people are not reading comics like they used to. I mean, if you're selling 10, 20,000 issues of comic, you're doing pretty great. And yeah, they're not really like they're used to, but I do think there is a, it, this is a good period for comics. It's not in a lull. It's in a stable one. I would say it's a stable environment. Right, but you're not, we're not, you know, they're not selling 50, 60, 100,000 issues like they used to. I mean, let's face it. Comics, right. it's, it's, it's a niche market now. It doesn't mean it's bad. I'm, I'm reading some of the best comics I've ever read in my life, right. but it's, they're just not huge numbers. No. Now, my point is, I think Marvel Studios and Disney proper sees uh, the comic book side, if if not a loss leader, as more of just a um, content engine, you know, a place for intellectual um, property be, to be created. And you can, it's a lot cheaper to throw ideas onto paper than to throw them into film. Right. And if something really gets hot and people love it, they take it from there. I mean, Age of Ultron came from a series that was the name of the same thing. Right. They totally tweaked it from what the comic book was, but they took what was popular and put it onto film. So 100%. I think that's what they'll do. I mean, if, if they know that the core fan is reading this, like they do not want to stop kind of like Dr. Aphra, like Dr. Aphra is doing very well for correct. a character that is, you know, not that has only existed in comic book form. Exactly. So I think you know, if never been on the show, never been in a movie. Right. Right. And if they see that kind of devotion, they can say, okay, we've got something there. And that's what I think. So my, so what I'm throwing at you is I'm thinking that Disney has taken that approach. Let's build the content. Let's have a reservoir or even a testing ground really Mm -hmm. of ideas to throw and whatever bubbles to the top, whatever the fans react to, we can point at that and say, that's where we should go. And then they build off that with either a series or a movie. So, I'm not saying this is going to lead to a movie, definitely not in 2020, probably not in 2021. But now you take into that the fact that we know Feige is going to produce a Star Wars movie. 
Could it be coming from this pool? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he already has one lined up. But it's just something to consider because this is, like I said, it's a massive publishing effort across so many publishers, across, you know, children, young adult, adult, you know, comics, novels, YA novels. I mean, there's so much going on. There's going to be so much content. The cream will rise, and I think that's where we'll see it translated into other media. Right. Without a doubt. I think it's a cool opportunity. I don't think there's high expectation because I think fans, just, you know, when they start talking about the books, I, I don't know what their expectation is. But I think, you know, I'm excited. They're expanding the universe. They need to do it. You know, what are you going to do after Luke Skywalker? They've got to figure that out. Now's the time. They've, they've said they're making a break for the films. They're going to rely on television to tell some new stories, old stories. And they, you're right. I, I agree with you completely. They're, they're building up a coffer of stories that they can pull from and keep that thing going, you know? So I think so, I'm looking forward to it. Well, yeah, I'm going to turn the question around to you then. So how, how, how much does this excite you? More than I thought it would. I, I, what I like about it is it's building a new base of storytelling. That's beyond the, I would say the divided star Wars fanship based upon, age and what i mean is we're all going to get new things at the same time nobody has any history with any of this nobody has any childhood that they grew up with and said you know you wrecked star wars for me because it should have been this so as long as the stories are good i think they'll get a lot of fans back and just be star wars you know Um, i can see that because we're already seeing that with the mandalorian mm -hmm. yeah i mean it worked really well right so, again, you read the books. I think you and our friend Alan, yep. if you don't read all of them, you read a good portion of them. I, yeah, I would say I'm about 70% and I'll read every single one. Right. And I, right, I'm not expecting yeah. you to, but you definitely read far more than I do. I think I only own the two Thrawn novels, which I have not finished. Right. So, and I think Alan... Alan might buy every single one. I think he does. I think he's much closer to that than I am. But I do know that there's another Thrawn trilogy coming out too. Even right. around, even around this. Yeah. So so let me throw this out there then. So you're more in, you're you're obviously more into that, you know, that book side of it much more than I am. Mm-hmm. Um and you're obviously interested. I mean, you've already ordered the new book. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a shot. Right. One hundred percent. So and I'll get the com- I'll go to Vault of Midnight, plugged to Vault of Midnight here in Michigan. Uh, great comic book store. They're always nice to me. Uh, I definitely will tell them to pull the, the first Marvel one. So as far as the comics go, see, that's where I'm coming in now. I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach. Now, part of that is to a couple, three years ago, I gave up floppies, single-issue comics. Now, I love Dr. Afra. I, I've enjoyed the different Darth Vader series they've done, but as far as Darth Vader, so now I collect that, you know, solely in hardcover format. Right. And they collect them in hardcover. I still fine. enjoy them. Yeah. Right. Now, Afra, they do hardcovers of her as well, but I couldn't wait. So yeah. I spend a little bit more and I get each trade as they come out. Right. So I think 
my approach is for me, it's going to take longer because what it's not this whole new publishing, you know, um, thing that I've got going on this whole program with this, um, what's it called again? The, the high, the high Republic, this whole new endeavor doesn't start till August, which means I will not see something until 2021. If I see something because, well, read something. Because even if they start with the comics in August, okay, you've got at least five, six issues to make a trade, maybe four. That still puts us to end of the year. And then I will say this, Marvel is very good at very fast at collecting trades. So if issue four or five or six comes out January, you know February is going to be the trade collection. So it's not going to be till 2021 till I start reading any of this. And it has to be something that I hear buzz on and catches my attention. Well, that's why I, I kind of so, ease into it. I um, will get the first couple comics and if they're not good, I'll just say stop. So I'll be like, you know, five bucks in or something. So. Well, see, I, and I'm taking the wait and see approach. Like by the time I buy something, I'm not going to be going and buy something blind. It's going to be all right. This is the Star Wars comic you should be reading right now. And here's all the accolades. Here's why people love it. I'll be like, oh, you know what? I'll give it a check. I'll, oh, I'll try Michael. it. Out. And then I'll buy the so, first Sometimes trade. you get to live a little more open. You can't just wait for the whole world to agree and then buy it. I'm not going to wait for everyone to agree, but if it's a if it's a topic or something that I am interested in, like for example, going back to the Star the Darth Vader uh, hardcovers, that's where we first met Avra. So I already knew I loved her as a character. So when she spun off into her own series, there's no hesitation. I bought those trades. Well, you're not going to wait for a Depeche Mode greatest hits if the new album comes out. You're still going to get it. Yeah, but Depeche Mode hasn't burned oh, okay. me like Star Wars. <laughs> uh... Almost though. Side side note, their last album. <laughs> well, then that's a burn. <laughs> but it's streaming now, so you don't have to buy anything. It's just there. I yeah. buy them all. I buy them all as soon as they announce them. So, anyways, bringing it back, I I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad they're doing something. I mean, it's better than nothing. I mean, I mean, Disney could just like stop. They could just say we're just going to do this and this. But they're really putting an effort to try and. I mean, yes, they're going to make money. It's a franchise. It's a lot of money, but. It is, it is also putting a lot of artists to work. It's putting a lot of authors to work. It's putting a lot of, you know, marketing people to work. Like it's, it, it, it it's All feeding, yeah, creative. a creative system, which I like to reward because I want more. So I don't mind paying for that stuff early. I just want, I want to reward that stuff because I want more of it. And, you know, if it doesn't make money, they stop. Not that I just want to give it blindly. I mean, yeah. I understand that too. Right, right. But, right. And now... To be fair, we, we kind of glazed over the villains on this. We don't know a lot about them. You, you did mention that they're supposed some to are, like some are. Some are. There's going to be scoundrels. There's going to be. You had a few listed here. You know. Yeah, scoundrels, smugglers, bounty hunters. But the main bad guys they've talked about is this new group called mm-hmm. the Nile, which we didn't get to no. see a lot of them. Looks like they wear to, like to wear funky metal helmets of some sort. Yeah, I don't know if it's going a little bit into the Knights of Ren thing, but they all they, there's no picture I can find on looking at starwars.com. But uh 
Well, there's not a comic book. I'm a comic book. Looks like they're wearing one's one's a Zabrak and another one's a Twi'lek. So, but yeah, they look pretty tough and cool. It looks it looks it looks it reminds me a lot so, of actually the um, from Solo. Uh, like in oh, Fist. Yes. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Hundred percent. So I have to ask: Do you think the Nile is going to have any connection to the Force whatsoever? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, there's no indication, obviously. But I mean, that's the funny thing. If they're going to have Jedi, they're going to have to talk Force in some ways. They're going to have to be some Jedi that don't necessarily agree. They also said this is going to be kind of a Knights of the Round Table, like a kind of a, a a play on King Arthur. So, is there going to be a leader? Is there going to be a Lancelot who's a betrayer, so to speak? And like, you know, I mean, there's going to be inner inner political problems. I'm sure. I mean, if they get into the the adult side, I think, I mean, there's a lot to, to do, you know, there's a lot they could pick on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I expect the force to fully be there, but I'm just curious if they're going to go with an adversary that has nothing to do with the force. That would be interesting, but right. I don't know if they will. And not to beat a dead horse, but I have one more question for you. Yeah, it's fine. How soon before you think we see Yoda in this series? Well, he certainly totally can, right? Right. Because he's, what, 800 in Return of the Jedi? I thought he was 900, but I could be. Regardless, okay, so 900, yeah, 900 years. You're right. 900, so he's 900 years old in Return of the Jedi, so that's, he's like 600, 600 to 700 years old. Right. So he could be a big part of this. You could figure he might even be in his prime yet. Prime, it could be a great, yeah, he could be forging the the Jedi order and who knows, you know, I think it'll be huge. And it's, it is obviously the one link that will bring a lot of people in. They already know that baby Yoda is. So why not, you know, uh, middle age Yoda. Right. Well, you're right. There's a lot of possibility there too, because obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he was a Jedi master Mm -hmm. when we saw him in the prequels, he was on the Jedi council. I don't think they've ever ever indicated how long he had been on the council. So nope. I I too agree. Or We're going to see Jodas actually existed. Hopefully not right away. I like this thing. Exactly. We don't know when the Jedi Council started. I mean, again, you know Knights of the Old Republic better than I do, so there was no Jedi Council during then. Was there a Jedi Council during Knights of the Old Republic? I don't remember. Okay. So obviously that predates this, but we don't know if that's canon. The point is, we're probably going to see Yoda. I just hope that they wait. I would, I would like to see this whole enterprise here, this whole high republic. I would like to get it on its own legs and moving first before we bring in Yoda. You know, I, I like that. I, I'm with you there. Like, let's let's not rely so much on anything. Let's do all new. Agree. I think that's smart. I think that's a smart way to do it. I agree. Real quick, before we have a couple other things to talk about, I want to talk about, and I know you didn't watch it, but the Clone Wars did debut this last Friday. And so I've been trying to catch up again and rewatch them. I didn't get through every season, but I already know the story. So I jumped back in, um, didn't want to wait. And I tell you, man, it looks good. The animation is even better than it's ever been. And you, you, we talked about the Transformers animation. The Clone Wars animation is really, really good. It... 
the first season is very tough to get through. I know I, I tell us people, but I think they didn't get their legs. It's a very hard type of animation to do with the uh, computer generated. But then when you start looking at it and you start seeing like the way they move the camera and the way they, even though there's no camera, but the way they move, you know, the viewer through the animation, the smoothness. And granted, there's like, you know, simple computer looking things like everybody kind of walks the same and those kind of things. But the the color, the textures, the you know, sometimes if you if you're if you catch the right shot and it's just clone troopers with helmets on, it looks like the film because that's what they used in the film. You know what I mean? Like that right. kind of at least the prequels. Sorry. So it's really really good that this new uh, episode's called the Bad Batch, and basically it's they they need the help of a particular group of clones that were made like in a different way. So they don't look like the other clone troopers. They have clones that have been, let's say mutated with different strengths from, you know, super strong and all this kind of cool thing. And they call themselves the bad batch. And what's interesting, if you listen, watch the clone wars, because everybody looks the same and they're they're you know, people don't consider them quite human, but amongst the clones, they like name themselves and they become their own personalities. And there's really conflict, you know, as you get through this thing, and what a clone is and that kind of idea of they're not just disposable they're they're people they're they're humans um so there's a lot of that kind of political thing that goes all the way through it and there's a particular you know clone named rex that starts out and he ends up going through rebels and all the way to return of the jedi uh according to the canon so but uh, this first episode is really really fun i it's it's down and dirty. Oh, it's all right. about the clones. The you old, don't get the old guy with yeah. the beard is supposedly Rex, isn't he? Yes. So, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I just I was I was thinking about yeah. that the whole time you said it. I was like, what? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yep. And yeah, and I was saying that you know it, it gets back to the basics. It's just about the clones. There's just very little Jedi in this first one. Uh, I think they're doing a couple of story. There's usually two to three story arcs throughout the season that play its way out. Uh, so this is just uh, the beginning of an arc. And I think, you know, again, they're releasing it once a week. I mean, the show's only 25 minutes long, each one. Um, so you can you can rip through three or four of them in a, in a sitting. And then that's pretty much enough because, you know, cartoons are tend to are animated and you tend to be a little louder, a little more bombastic than watching a film. So you kind of get, you know, it's a little too much after a while. But, uh, man, it, it's, you know, I hope you watch it because... If you don't watch it, who am I going to talk to about it? <laughs> I guess I'll have to start, but I, I haven't watched any of the previous seasons, so I'm going to be I know, long. you need to catch up. You need to do something. How, six seasons? How am I going to catch up in six seasons so quickly? I don't know if you have to do it quickly. I think you can just do it and tell me, and we can talk a little bit of Clone Wars, and I can bring up, you know, the current story. Um, Maybe I should you know, just All start, the spoilers are, I should just the spoilers are already out there. And when I have questions, you can answer them. You can do that. Certainly can do that. But you you will have a lot of questions because there's a lot of characters that, you know, you have to run into. But you're going to be so like when I sit down and watch Picard with Shaylee. Correct. And she asks me several questions and I tell her the whole history. You're going to do that for me. Yep. I'll do that because that's what I do with Picard. And that's a great segue. I didn't even mean to, but it, turned, it really worked out. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I mean, and that does is good. So I did watch um, episode five uh, the other day. And uh, 
well, it was, it was an interesting episode, man. It was like really light. And then it was really dark. <laughs> it was really, it was. And it was interesting. Uh, it was a really good episode. I thought it was a really good episode. Um, what, what did you think as the, the resident Trek authoritarian? So I, I'm trying not to compare it to the Mandalorian, but I, yeah, don't. Cause it's so I, different, man. It is so different. But my first thought was, all right, we're five episodes in now. We're halfway through the season. Yeah. Stuff is finally happening. And I'm hoping that this, that we've started at the top of a roller coaster and I'm hoping six, seven, eight, nine, ten, just pick up speed because while I've enjoyed the first four episodes and I, while I recognize that it's a completely different beast from the Mandalorian. Right. The first four episodes. It's not as good. Were, right now it's not as, it's not as good as a Mandalorian. No, because the first four episodes was all set up and all putting the players into position. And it's fine because we, we've still learned a fair amount about the Federation and the Star Trek universe as it stands in this point in time. And it's darker than I expected. Yep. And part of me is like, I don't like that part just because, you know, I always wanted the Federation, the Federation is supposed to be the ideal. And I think I mentioned this before. They're, they're Providence. They're the city on the hill. And they're not that right now. Doesn't mean they're not going to get back to that. And I hope they do. But stuff's really starting to happen right now. And it's interesting in that they're painting Picard as the figure of hope. Even within this episode, seven, you know, Picard makes this grand speech about how revenge is not the way. And the guy's speaking from a position of knowledge and wisdom. Because remember, Star Trek First Contact, he was seven. He wanted right. revenge against the Borg. Right. I mean, he even got called out in the holo- holodeck scene where he, he fired up one of his, you know, detective novels and turned off the safety protocols. And he basically used a Tommy gun to kill Borg. Right. You know, he didn't even try to save some of them anymore. So he was, and it took, you know, basically a slap to the face to say, listen, this is, you're all about revenge right now. And he took that to task and he learned. So when he speaks to Seven, that's, you know, 20 years later that he's like, you know, he still holds that, that he realizes revenge is not the way. And you think she's going to listen to him. And then she doesn't. Yeah, I mean, as I watched it, I didn't think she was actually going to listen to him. I figured she was going to oh, so did do I. something. But, but I mean, that's the character, right? I mean, that's that's kind of her. But I, that's what I gathered from her. I didn't watch it at all, but I, she seemed angry from the get-go, so I didn't think she was going to In this episode, yes. She right. Was I don't know if she, that's what I mean. Voyager right. was all about her reclaiming her humanity. And right. You find out now post-Voyager that she's kind of had a shit run, and it's a little sad. It seems like everybody's had a shit run. Yeah. Well, so did Who you has- know? I mean, other than watching the episode... I mean, you know why she was pissed off that that Borg at the beginning was so, you know, basically mutilated, right? Right. You know the connection there, right? I don't, other than they were like the only ones that escaped the Borg or something. I don't know. I can't remember. So just a little. I won't go 
too into it, but yeah. they showed oh, up, fine. I think, in season six okay. of Voyager. They were young Borg that were, you know, they had been growing up. They were basically children and early teens that were Borg. And the Voyager found them on a abandoned cube. And they were just sitting there waiting for the Borg to show up, not realizing the Borg were never coming back. So disconnected from... Sorry about that. <laughs> Time for you to go. So they were on Michael's that cube. Go they were abandoned and the Borg were not coming back for them. And disconnected from the collective... They started forming their own personalities, just like Seven. Exactly. Mm. So, being that she had been through that, you know, I think she showed up season four-ish. So, she was at least a good year or two into her development and had reclaimed her personality, was in the process of becoming more human. She took on a very maternal role with these new Borg. So, that Borg, and in Voyager... That Borg that was mutilated at the beginning, he had said back then that his dream was to become a human again, or not human, sorry, he was a different race, but his dream was to become, not human, but, you know, whatever he was before, right. and join the Federation. And so you see, he fulfilled his dream. He was a officer in the Federation, but they basically mutilated, mutilated and massacred the closest thing she could ever have to a son. Right. So that's why she was all balls to the wall. And it was great. I mean, that great that she went, you know, took everybody out, but it, it did bring that kind of levity to it. She was Terminator-esque, you know, she was not Terminator, but I would say uh, Sarah Connor-esque in that particular last scene there with the double gun and all this cool stuff. But I mean, what gets me is I, I, I what I'm liking about the show is more the conspiracy of it. Now, this character um, that's the doctor, she obviously knows something. And, and I think she, they put her there to watch Picard now as I'm watching this thing. Um, oh, yeah. It's now readily apparent that whatever Commodore O said to her right. has turned her somehow. Yep. Or she's spying or doing something. But she's not good. Right. That's for sure. She acts good, but she's not good. She's like the girl next door, all peachy and all that. Then, um, yeah. So there's, you know. But it makes me wonder, what did she see that turned her so much? Because they established, number one, she obviously had some kind of romantic relationship with Maddox. And then number two. When the the pop up their version the Star Trek version of pop app pop up ads showed up when they got near to free cloud, that was that fighting app that went yep. into a fighter and she's like I don't fight I don't fight and then she punches it. Yep. Obviously, what whatever she saw turned her so much that not only was she violent but she killed someone that she cared about just to keep it secret. Yeah, they have something on her where she has what to do that. You know, see? who knows what they have on her. Right. It it really makes you wonder because, you know, if you saw what I saw, if you could see what I saw, and then she kills him, which, yeah, I, I suspected she was a, she was a turncoat. The minute she uh, I was probably up. an episode after that, but yeah, I was, I think fairly early. 
I mean, I'm sorry, not the episode. I'm sorry. I, sh- I misspoke. The episode she showed up unannounced. Yeah, that's exactly. dr- no, no, I, I didn't think really when he was talking about, about Data yes. and Sister and all that other. Or, or... No, no, no. Day one, I thought she was just right, scientist right. of the Federation. That's but we, knew, we knew somehow that the Federation's involved in some of this bad stuff, so. But it just, it's so dark. And yeah, you're right. Maddox confirms it. It's not just the Romulans. Federation's involved too, but how? Right. And Rafi obviously went to see her son and that didn't go very well. So she stowed away back on board and it was a nice, I like the way they directed that where she never, you don't see her face. And what about the stowaway? And he just says, welcome back. (laughs) Doesn't ask her why, you know, but he had a smile on his face. He had a smirk. She's had a shit on life, right? (laughs) God. So I would hope that something good starts to happen soon. Yeah. Yeah. Put it that way. Well, one of the things that's really tragic about her is that obviously she became an addict at some point, but what really drove her son away from her was the fact her insistence that there's someone or something behind the synthetics. doing. We, the yeah. They wouldn't keep shoving she's it down right. her throat if she she's wasn't. Right. Right. Well, we, we, you know, we've already, you know, we, right. we saw the episode, we saw the flashback when, you know, the synthetics there and all of a sudden someone glints in its right. eye and obviously someone has had And it's something, somewhere. somebody in the Federation that didn't want them. Yeah, I someone mean, or it's going to happen. Right. Obviously. Federation or some kind of weird cabal between the Federation and mm-hmm. this could even be a section 31 thing, you know, because, oh my God, I didn't think of this. You watched Absolutely. the first two seasons of Discovery, right? Remember, yep. the end was a huge battle with Control, the AI. Oh, yeah, right. That Section right. 31 had to put down. I just thought of this. So, Section 31 may have been working with the Tal Shiar or the, uh, whatever, the secret seeker police. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Right. The Vash something or other. Zatvash. Um, so maybe Section 31 does have something to do with this. I mean, we know the Federation's involved. Perhaps Com- uh, Commodore O is somehow associated Could be. With I think that's a good, it's a good callback, and it's a nice way if they tie both series together, or not maybe tie it right. together, but reward those that have watched both of them. Because the AI is... That remember when I said when I first watched that series, I'm like, well, the AI is just like the Borg, yeah, isn't would, it? Yeah. Like it feels the same to me. And you're like, well, it's a little different, but they are kind of similar. One wants to take over the other to make it better, right? So it could be a nice and an interesting, you know, right? Juxtaposition if they choose the, the kind of a convergence of those two storylines would be something. So. It's like, you know, now that's that now that said, we know there's more Star Trek shows coming. We know there's a section 31 show coming. Oh, I didn't know that. So, oh yeah. So, well, so here's what's confirmed right now real quick. So obviously we have discovery season three coming out sometime this year. Picard season one, five more episodes. We know we'll get a season two, probably next year. We also know that we're getting a section 31 show. It's going to star, you know, uh, Giorgio. Um, 
We also know we're getting a Star, De- a Star Trek Lower Decks show. It's animated. We also know we're getting another anim- or another Nickelodeon show, which may be animated, may not. Um, no title yet. So we know we're getting at least three more shows. And then this last week on the CBS Viacom uh, earnings call, they said two more shows are also in development. We have no idea what they are. The big rumor is that one of the shows is going to be a Captain Pike slash Enterprise show. That makes sense because he's a big actor. He just finished, you know, he does, he's been a lot of things. And Anson Mount, I liked him in that. And I hated losing him, actually. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see more of him. I don't really care about the rest of this. I don't care about this other ship. But so that would be kind of cool. Uh, I would take that. I fully admit when he showed up at the end of what, season one? of Discovery and saying, it's the Enterprise, I'm here. I was like, oh, do we need another Pike? But all through season two, I fell yeah, in love he was with good. him. Not emotionally, but as a character. For sure. I'm like, he's cool. I would I would watch him as a captain. So if they do make that a show, and with Rebecca Romaine, who in her few number of scenes was yep. badass as number one on the Enterprise. Yeah, that'd be cool I'm here to watch. for it. Be cool to watch. Now, the seventh show, I, I haven't heard any rumors as to that. And like I said, right now, this Star Trek Enterprise slash Pike show, that's just Rumor City right now. So I don't know anything anyone else does. That's just the current buzz I'm hearing. But come think, just think of it for a second. You know, for t- at any point in time, the most number of Star Trek shows that were on TV were right. two. You had Next Generation overlap for a couple of years with DS9. And then the same happened with DS9 and Voyager. And then Enterprise, which, okay, whatever that is. Right. And then nothing. We might now have seven simultaneous Star Trek That's shows. That's probably four too many. <laughs> it might be too much. That said, not all of them no. are for us. The Nickelodeon show I don't plan on watching. I don't know if I'll even watch the Lower Decks animated. But a Section 31 show, 100% for that. It's kind of like the X-Files with espionage in Star Trek Universe. I'll watch that. But Picard, obviously, therefore, Discovery, therefore, and 100% if they do an Enterprise uh, Pike show, I'm there for that. So... It's kind of an awesome time to be a Star Trek fan right now. Definitely, if you want to see more. So. And you are checked out. Well, I mean, I don't want to watch. I mean, I could not watch that much Star Trek. But I did like the Pike character. But maybe because that just plays upon, you know, there's a bit of like, you know, Spock's there and characters that I know. So it's kind of unfair. But that's why I kind of gravitated toward Picard. I know that character. So. Well, and let me throw this out there, though. It's not like network television where they were 26, then later 22 episodes a season. When we're only getting 10 episodes a season, maybe you can yeah, fit a few more. I mean, I, I think Discovery went longer. I think they went 13, yep. 14 episodes. But still, that's not a full typical season. Picard's 10. So really, between the two, that's only like one real full season on a network right. show. So that seven shows might only feel like right. three shows. For sure. Or two shows. So, 
I'll shut up. I know. I know. I'm having to start to. No, moment, it's, it's good. Out it's a. Think. It's a good thing. You don't have to shut up. It's a good thing. It's just I don't know it all, so it's <laughs> tough for me. Just like me talking about the Clone Wars, I can do the same. I can go over various episodes, and you don't know any of them, and you know, once you watch a couple, you know, I don't think you're gonna love them like I like them, but I do think you might appreciate them. I do. I do need to watch them just because. I want to watch Rebels at some point, and I know it ties into Rebels, so I, I need to. Yeah, know there's that. some extra. There's also characters like Hondo Anaka, and he's at the he's at actually at Galaxy's Edge in Disney. So like, I'm surprised they brought that character all the way through, and you know, there's just some cool characters in there. They did a good job, and that was all under Lucas. Like Clone Wars was all Lucas produced. Like that's what he wanted to say. He's the one who said, "I want to bring Maul back." It wasn't just a story group. He said, "Oh yeah, Maul didn't die." Everybody's like, "What?" <laughs> So there's some nice stories with Dave Filoni about that. He like he he's not the one that said Maul should come back. Like Lucas just came in and says, "Yeah, well Maul's alive. You should like go make him." This is how he came back. Yeah, I read an article this week that they're still going to Lucas for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. You know. It's interesting. The guy knows what he knows the stories that he wants. I mean, it's his you know, it's like saying, Walt. you know, you would go to Walt Disney as much as you could if it was, if you could, you know, you would go to Steve Jobs as much as you right, could if right. you could for Apple. I mean, there's, there's that, right. that, you know, they're the people that began those things. So be foolish not to. Doesn't mean you have to do it well, exactly think, how he says it, but he's still the creative force, you know? He has yeah. fantastic ideas. So. No question. Not a great director, but fantastic Absolutely. idea, man. I think that's going to do it for this week. We are closing in an hour. And I do want people, to, if you can do, you know, again, I want to thank people that have are the first time listeners. And I want to thank people that, that keep listening to us. Uh, we love doing this show. We don't ask for, we don't want to ask for any money. It's not about that. But we do would really hope that you would share the show, plug it on various insta or various social media outlets would be fantastic you can do that through instagram twitter or facebook you can find us there or tell your friends to find us on various podcast networks like which ones michael oh obviously we want you to check us out on apple Podcasts. leave a review that helps us but stitcher podbean um iHeartRadio, even uh even spotify i mean yep. you name it we're there yep and even today, the one of the guys that I work with at the office, he's, uh, you know, works in one of the rooms. I can't remember exactly where, but he's he brings packages. He's not just a mail guy. He does a lot of work around the, the office. He's a smart dude. And um, he saw a book on my desk was like, you know, Why We Love Star Wars by Ken Knapsack, who's another, if you ever listen to a lot of podcasts, Ken is a huge, great star wars advocate um he was on collider which i stopped listening to based on certain things that went down not too long ago but ken is no longer there and i bought his book and it's on my desk anyways he's like you like star wars we start talking star wars with this guy and he's like i gotta i told him i got a website he goes well are you on spotify that's all i use i'm like yes we are and he found us right away on spotify yes we are. so you can listen to us on spotify they're getting much stronger in the podcast universe so that being said, until next time, Michael, I will see you later. See you later, Joe. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Shh.